Good morning, Walloon. How you doing? It's good to be with you today. Today, first Sunday of the month, we're going to celebrate communion, the Lord's Supper. And uh, if you did not get a communion packet as you entered, we're going to see that you get one now. So just let us know. Anybody not get a communion packet, we want to get one of those to you even right now. Uh, Looking around, looking around. Looks like the team did a pretty good job. Well done. Nice job. Romans 5, 6 to 8, we'll put it up here on the screen. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us. Now, most people wouldn't be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might be willing to die for a person who's especially good, But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. (laughs) Jesus took our place. So let's just allow those verses marinate in our minds for a moment. When you and I were helpless, at just the right time, Jesus, the Christ, died for us sinners. Okay? He took our place on the Roman cross. He showed his great love for us by sending his son, second person of the Trinity, Jesus Christ, to die for us while we were still sinners. Wow. So just bow your heads with me. Let's take a couple moments to remember the awesome finished work of Jesus on the cross for you. For me, would you be willing to just take a moment and invite Jesus to do a little inspection on your life right now? Lord, uh, any sin that's uh, not been repented of, I haven't turned away from, any, anything I've not confessed and gotten clean, we're open right now, Lord. Make it clear, make it obvious. And as you make things clear that are interfering with our relationship with you, Lord, we're not just going to keep laying there in the mud and the manure of sin. We're going to do something. We're going to get up and we're going to do the U-turn and run to the cross. And when we get to the cross right now, we're going to confess. We're going to call it what you're calling it. You call it sin. We call it the same thing. And we're asking that you might wash and cleanse and purify. I'd invite George to make your way down if you would. We'd like you to be praying. Dave, come on down. Would you thank the Lord for his willingness to offer his body, sinless body, for us while we were still sinners? Father God, um, it's just awesome that um, you sent your son here in bodily form to just um, take upon our imperfections, our our sin. Lord, um, these are the things that have a blockage between communication between you and us. And so we're just grateful, Lord, that um, Jesus came here to take away 
everything that, um, that separates us, that's sin. We thank you for the physical body that came and took our place. And we can never repay that, that gift. But we do accept it, Lord. So we ask this um, to just, uh, just guide us, Lord, and help us to always focus on that. To remove that top layer of your packet with me, please. 1 Corinthians 11 reminds us, Paul says, I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. When he'd given thanks, he broke it and he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. New elder, as of last Sunday, David Hisson. Would you thank the Lord Jesus for his willingness to allow his blood to flow on that cross for us? Dear Heavenly Father God, thank you for the opportunity to come here and to put our sins and our flaws at your feet, Lord. Thank you for your sacrifice of your blood wash away and cleanse us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's carefully remove that second layer. First Corinthians 11.25 In the same manner, after supper, Jesus took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it. Of me. For whenever you eat this bread, drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he returns. The uh, guest service team will be uh, at the door at the conclusion of this service to receive your gifts for the Benevolent Fund. Benevolent fund funds needs to the church family as well as funds needs for our community needs ministry. Well, we're going to start a brand new series today, Glenn. We're going to entitle it Close Encounters with Jesus. Close Encounters with Jesus. We're going to look at times where Jesus is up close and personal with... Uh, Nine different people and groups of people. And here, here's the cool thing. When you have a close encounter with Jesus, your life changes. It really does. Anytime you have a close encounter with Jesus Christ, he's, he's liable to turn your life upside down. Because in each of these encounters, here's the cool thing. Ron, Jesus doesn't just deal with everybody like cookie cutter just stamp, it's always the same. Jesus does custom work. Isn't that good, Myron? You, you like the ones who can do custom, individual, personal work. And that's exactly how Jesus works. It's not a one-size-fits-all. No, Jesus deals with each of us individually. 
And my prayer for this series is as we examine these encounters with Jesus, my prayer is first we're going to get to know Jesus better, more intimately. Secondly, by watching Jesus interact with these individuals and groups of people, we're going to, my prayer is we'll be prompted to want to know and learn to trust Jesus even more than we do right now. Our faith will grow and we can learn to trust Jesus with our hopes, our dreams, trust him with our joys and victories, and even learn to trust him with our trouble and our tears. That, that's my prayer. Okay? This morning we're going to be in Mark chapter 5. So if you have your Bible, you can locate that. Mark chapter 5. Uh, Jesus encounters an unnamed man. And rather than call him an unnamed man uh, 25 times, I'm going to give him a name. Is that okay? So we're going to, I'm going to affectionately, and I mean this, we're going to call him uh, Wild Harry. Okay? So we're, we're going to talk today about Wild Harry. And here's what I want you to notice. When Jesus works with Wild Harry, he does custom work. He personally deals with Harry's situation. And, and it's really, I think, one of the most interesting passages in all of God's Word. It's really one of those, you go, whoa, that's in the Bible? But before we dig into Mark chapter 5, would you go back with me and on your phone, in your Bible, uh, Mark 4, verse 35, Jesus has had a long day. He, he's teaching and doing miracle after miracle. And at the end of the day, Jesus says, Hey guys, to the twelve, let's get in the boat and let's go to the other side of the lake. The other side of the Sea of Galilee. Okay? Chapter 4, verse 37, On the way to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, uh, similar in size to Lake Charlevoix. Okay? So think about Lake Charlevoix. Okay? And, and basically, he says, let's go from Boyne City to Charlevoix in our boat. Obviously, they didn't have engines. They're, they're going to either have to use their sail or they're going to have to row. But while they're going from Boyne City to Charlevoix, fierce storm kicks up. That's what verse 37 in chapter 4 says. Massive waves, um, and now the boat is filling up with water. You got the picture? Okay. So they're headed to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, and these most of them are professional fishermen are pretty sure they're going to die. Okay? So Professional fishermen spent their entire life on the Sea of Galilee. They're scared spitless, okay? And Jesus is sound asleep at the back of the boat, okay? And the disciples wake Jesus up saying, don't you care that we're going to drown in this storm? Don't you care you're just going to lay there asleep while we all drown? Chapter 4, verse 39 Jesus wakes up, Jesus speaks to the storm, silence, be still, the winds stop, 
the waves cease, calm rules the Sea of Galilee. Okay? That, that's the picture. And it says, verse 40, chapter 4, the twelve are afraid. <laughs> they see this, that's just Jesus is asleep, calm, be still. The wind and the waves die down, and now they're afraid of Jesus. <laughs> Who is this guy? Uh, even the wind and the waves obey Jesus. Okay? Chapter 5, verse 1, track with me now. They step out of the boat on the other side, and Wild Harry meets Jesus and the twelve. Okay? Wild Harry's right there on the other side waiting for them. And now we're going to look today at verses 2 to 20. We're going to dig in. But before we dig in, I want you to slide down to verse 21. Chapter 5, verse 21. Here's what I want you to see. Gets done with wild hairy. Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake. Oh, what's your point, Pastor Jeff? Here's my point. This is astounding to me. Jesus crossed a raging sea for one man. Jesus got into the boat, risked his life and the life of the twelve for Wild Harry. Deals with him, gets back in the boat, and returns to the Jewish side of the Sea of Galilee. One man Jesus was willing to risk everything for. The good shepherd knew, you know what? There's a lost sheep on the other side of the lake. He needs to be found, so he, he takes everybody, risks it all, and goes to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Jesus has an intense encounter with Harry, okay? And, and I'm excited to dig in with you. But Harry is never going to be the same again. Wild Harry is a brand new man, and then verse 21, he leaves. <laughs> and he's back to his normal surroundings. Here's what you need to know. Are you ready? Jesus is willing to leave everything to come to find you. Whatever place you're in this morning, whatever your place you're in these next nine weeks, Jesus still is ready to come and find you exactly where you're at. He'll go through fierce storms. He's ready to rescue you. Whatever darkness you're facing, whatever darkness you're in the middle of right now, He's willing to come and find you as well. And that might be the most astounding thing in this entire passage. Just, just leaves everything, finds Harry, close encounter with Harry, and then he heads back home. He's still doing that same thing today, 2024. Now, let's stand together. Let's read out loud. Mark 5, juicy passage, verses 2 to 5. These are inspired words. These are powerful words that we're going to read today out loud. So join me, would you? When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even with a chain. 
Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrists and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night, he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. Let's pray. Lord, uh, thank you for inspiring Mark to write down exactly what you wanted him to write down for us. Thank you for inspiring these words. Thank you, Lord, for preserving these words for us. And Lord, I believe what we're going to look at today has wonderful application for 2024. Lord, there's still lots of wild hairies running around this world. Matter of fact, Lord, there might be a few wild hairies in here in your church today. So uh, we need you. We need to know how to deal with the wild hairies around us. Lord, give us your heart for, for those that uh, seem out of control. Lord, would you show us how we can speak up and show your love just like Wild Harry did after he met you. We love you, Jesus. In uh, all the church family gathered at Walloon Lake said with one united voice, you can be seated. Several things I'd like to show you. Uh, we'll put a picture of Wild Harry up there, Caleb. Yeah, because uh, I just want you to kind of get a little, yeah, there he is. Um, he's living in a very dark, unclean place. And I, I think that's what Mark's trying to describe here. Okay, he's living in a Roman region, and Jews didn't, didn't touch or go near Romans, so it's a Roman unclean area. Secondly, he lived in a cemetery. Jews didn't go near cemeteries and dead things and dead bodies and dead bones. It made you unclean. Third, Harry is possessed by an unclean spirit. Matter of fact, we're going to learn more than one. Many, many spirits. Fourth, he was isolated from human contact. Uh, he was cut off from his family. It says oftentimes they tried to subdue him and tame him. He was untamable. Fifth, Harry was violent, supernatural strength. He could break the chains, break the shackles. And Matthew tells us he ran around naked. He was unclothed and he howled and he shrieked and he cut himself with sharp stones. I'm telling you, what a picture, okay? A man that seemed beyond help. If there ever was one, it's this guy, Wild Harry. Do you know anybody as bad off as this man? I, I, don't, I don't know. It's like the ultimate picture of darkness and uncleanliness. Okay? Wild, dangerous, naked, tormented, isolated, and violent. And yet, don't miss this. Jesus made the long trip, dangerous trip, to reach this one 
lost, miserable man. Jesus cared for Harry. Jesus really cared about him and willing to go through a lot to engage this unclean man. Okay? Now, sounds like Harry has terrorized this region. I'm sure all the little kids in the area told stories about Wild Harry. You should have seen, I saw him last week. Uh, wild, violent behavior. And I love this. Now Jesus is going to terrorize Satan and his demons. Go back to the text with me. Verse 6. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him, and bowed low before him. With a shriek, he screamed, Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For God has already said to, for Jesus had already said to the Spirit, Come out of the man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus demanded, What's your name? Tell me your name. And he replied, My name is Legion. Because there are many of us inside this man. Then the evil spirits begged him again and again not to send them to some distant place. <laughs> what would you do? Just, just place yourself in Jesus' shoes. If some naked, wild, screaming, demon-possessed man comes running up to you. Okay? I'm, I'm pretty sure... I would jump back in the boat and say, let's row, guys. Let's get out of here. Uh, this is an unsafe place. Runs to meet Jesus. Look at it. Verse 6. And first thing he does is he bows down to Jesus. There's no doubt who's in charge. There's no doubt who is the one who is to be worshipped. Every knee will bow. Every tongue confess you see that here in verse 7 he shrieks he screams at Jesus okay why are you interfering with me Jesus son of the most high God couple things he knows who Jesus is secondly he knows what Jesus can do to him why are you here why are you messing with me why are you thinking about torturing me? And I love the fact, catch this, Jesus is in total control. Jesus is fully and completely large and in charge here. No battle, no contest. Jesus is not intimidated. Jesus stands his ground. And you see the absolute power of Jesus over Satan and his demons here. There's no doubt who the powerful, victorious one is here. Verse 9, Jesus says, What's your name? My name is Legion, because there are many of us inside this man. Pause. A Roman legion consisted of between five and 6,000 soldiers. So, First thing we know, this man was infested with a massive amount of demons. 
Okay? Were, were there 2,000 like the swine? Were there 5,000? We don't know an exact number. Here's what we know. There was a massive infestation of demons in this man. Okay? Demons, track with me, are fallen angels created by God to serve him. If you go to Revelation 12, verses 7 to 10, it tells us that the demons fell along with Satan. So there was a a dispute in the heavenlies, and one-third of the angels created by God fell with Satan in rebellion against God the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And now they serve Satan and his evil purposes on earth. That's, that's who had infested this man. Please note with me, demons are not atheists. You might think, well, they don't believe in God. Uh, they're not even agnostics. Demons know and recognize Jesus. They know who he is. You are the son of the Most High God the second person of the Trinity. Demons fear Jesus. And James 2, verse 19 says, demons believe. They were there. They they believe in Jesus Christ. They tremble before the second person of the Trinity, Jesus Christ. Now, we come to the most controversial part of this passage, at least to our modern ears, okay? The legion of demons in this man begged Jesus, don't send us into the abyss, don't send us into the pit, we like this place, we feel comfortable here. So they request that Jesus send them into the pigs, the herd of pigs, nearby. Here's why this is controversial, you ready? We all grew up with cute little pigs in our stories, okay? We got the three little pigs, Bricks and Straw and Huff and Puff. You got Wilbur the pig in Charlotte's Web. You got Piglet in Winnie the Pooh. You got Miss Piggy, Porky Pig, Babe the pig, and the piggy who went to the market. (laughs) So we, we got a soft spot for piggies. But here... They all crash into the sea and drown. Why is that? Look at verse 11. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. Send us into those pigs, the Spirit begged. Let us enter them. So Jesus gave them permission. The evil spirit came out of this man, entered the pigs, and the entire herd of about 2,000 pigs plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned into the water. So, a couple thoughts. In Jesus' day, you don't go around pigs if you were a Jew. Okay? You don't eat pork. It's unclean. Insanely unclean. But understand... The Romans, this is Roman territory, the Decapolis region, uh, they ate pork as their primary meat. Okay, So the Romans didn't understand why do you Jews run away 
from pork. The Romans stamped their Judean coins with the symbol of a boar. Uh, The 10th legion of the Roman army used the pig, the boar, as its symbol on their flags, their banners, and their shields. So, track with me. Jesus purifies the man by casting the unclean demons out. Okay? And the unclean demons are sent into the unclean pigs. And the pigs go hog wild, plunge over the steep hill, and they all drown. In many ways, this is a contest going on. This is a contest between Jesus and his kingdom and Satan and his kingdom. And Satan and his kingdom are represented by Rome and his army and their power. Now now track with me. The point of this story is not to kill the pigs. The point of this story is to deliver this man from the torment of the demons. By sending the demons into the swine and seeing them do the dead piggy float, everybody knew who the winner was. You understand? There there was a winner, and the winner was King Jesus. But I just want you to know, let's just think this through logically, If anyone was at fault for killing all the pigs, it was the demons and Satan. Okay? So if anybody should catch the blame for all the dead pigs, it was the demons who requested it, and then they all drown in the sea. Jesus is saying, this one man, wild, hairy, is worth far more than a herd of pigs. That's what Jesus is saying. This one man is giving proof that the demons have lost. Jesus is the king of kings, and he's the champion, and now the people of the region are going to have to choose. (laughs) Do you want Jesus, or do you want your pigs? Do you want to follow Jesus, or, or do you want to keep with Rome and, and the meat you eat the most? Okay? Now, this event goes viral. Okay? You can imagine. Everybody in the area is talking about it. They're running and telling their friends. Uh, this crazy wild guy that everybody knows, he's totally changed. He's dressed now. He's in his right mind. And they're all afraid. Let's put the picture up here. Here's the picture in my mind uh, that that you should see. Caleb, put that put the next picture up above. There we go. You you've got Tom Hanks. That that's Wild Harry. And now he's. Won't you be my neighbor? (laughs) Okay. He's he he's he's looking good. And now everybody's going, oh no, what do we do with this? What do we do with this? Um, I would expect, track with me, that everybody in the region would be streaming down like at a Billy Graham crusade. They'd all be streaming down, everybody's singing just as I am. And all the people now are coming. I want this Jesus 
you can do this to Wild Harry, I'm all in. I, I like this. I want you to see what happens. Verse 14. The herdsmen fled to the nearby town, the surrounding countryside, spreading news as they ran. People rushed out to see what had happened. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus. And they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there fully clothed, perfectly sane, and they were all afraid. Then those who had seen what happened told the others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs. Look at verse 17. And the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. Change bothers people. You understand that, right? Change messes with people. Even good change. Even change for the better. No doubt a miracle had occurred. They all knew Harry. But for them, pigs mattered way more than Harry, okay? Jesus has significantly disrupted this entire community. Jesus has messed with them. And now, what do they say? Please go away, Jesus. He's messed with the most important part of a man and a woman's anatomy. He's messed with their wallets, He's messed with their purses. And now, we, we don't want you here. We don't want you here anymore. Go away, Jesus. Jesus wants to do a work in our lives. But here's what you need to know. If Jesus is going to do a work, he, He's going to mess. He's going to bring disruption. If He's going to bring new life and peace and joy into our lives and our families... Know this, when Jesus comes into our lives, He's going to disrupt things. He's going to mess with our lives the way they were. Jesus will mess with our darkness, with our idols. Jesus will mess with our addictions, with our wallets, with our purses. Jesus will disrupt our normal, comfortable lives. He'll mess with our unhealthy patterns. Pagans, the Roman community, they saw the power, the healing of Jesus, and they made a choice, didn't they? No thank you, Jesus, leave, leave us alone, go away, go away. This true historical story, I think, has a surprising ending. Verse 18, here we go. As Jesus was getting into the boat the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. (laughs) But Jesus said, no, no. Go home to your family. Tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he's been. Verse 20. So the man started off to visit the ten towns of that region. And he began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. Here's what I find interesting. 
Jesus granted the request of the demons. You want to go in the pigs? Okay, you can go in the pigs. The, the people of the area, we, we don't want you to stay, go away. So Jesus is going to get in the boat and go away, leave them alone. But Jesus refuses the request of wild haired. Won't you let me come with you? Won't you let me come with the twelve? Let, let, me, let me go and get a brand new start with you on the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Here's my question. Why does he not let Harry come with him? Why, why does Jesus say, no, you can't come with me? And I want you to know, it wasn't because Harry was too messed up. It wasn't because Mary, Harry had too much of a history. It wasn't because he was unclean. He was brand new in Christ. Notice what he says. No. Verse 19, look at it with me. Go home to your own people. This guy had a family. This guy had a village. This guy had people who knew him. Go and be reconciled with your family. Make things right. And go and tell everywhere you go throughout this entire row, tell them what I've done for you. Go and win your family. Go and share with the whole region what I've done. I've changed your life. Go and tell your story. Now, can you imagine Harry coming to his house where he grew up? And now inside the house, I think it's Harry. You know, the last time we saw Harry, he was shackled and naked and yelling and howling and cutting himself. I think we're just going to pretend no one's home. And, and I'm sure, you know, this Harry's your uncle, Harry's your son, Harry's your brother. Should we answer the door? And now Harry starts talking. Hey, I just want you to know I'm different now. I've met Jesus and he's changed me from the inside out. <laughs> Verse 20. Harry goes on mission. He's telling everybody what Jesus has done in his life. And I want you to remember, Harry is from this region. Everybody knew about Harry. Great person now as far as notoriety. These are his people, fellow Romans, he knows the customs. He knows the culture. He speaks the language. Jesus wants to use Harry and his history and his darkness to grab people's attention. I, I want you to go. You're on mission now. Just go and tell them what I've done for you. He speaks the language. They're his people. And can I tell you something? Jesus wants you and I to do the same thing. We're on mission. He wants to use us, and he's saying, you know what? If you've had a close encounter with me, with Jesus, go to your family. Go to your friends. Go to your classmates. Go to where you work. Go to your office. Go to the people you know best and tell them what Jesus has done for you. I love this. You don't have to learn a bunch of verses. 
You don't have to memorize an outline. You, you don't have to uh, write a book or preach a sermon. You don't have to have a big audience. Just go to the people who you know, and they know you, and tell them what Jesus has done for you. Isn't that great? Just, just tell them, what has Jesus done for you? Well, how has he changed you? Go and tell. <laughs> Can you hear Harry? Well, I used to be a howling, demonic, possessed maniac. I used to terrorize everybody in the region. But Jesus came and healed me. Jesus saved me, and he wants to do the same thing in your life. And he's ready if you'll just invite him in. Okay? Apparently, I like this part, Apparently, Harry was pretty good at going and telling. How do you know that? If you have your Bible, go to chapter 7 and verse 31 of Mark. Because Jesus returns to this region. <laughs> I love this. And there's a huge crowd waiting and excited and eager to have Jesus heal them too. And I suspect a big part of the crowd is Harry has been out telling everybody what Jesus has done for him. One amazing passage, isn't it? <laughs> Three key conclusions as we close. Okay, First is this. No one is outside the saving, loving, forgiving power of Jesus. No one is outside Jesus' saving and changing them from the inside out. Sometimes we look at people and go, I, I don't think so. I, I think you're too far gone. If anybody was too far gone, I would argue it was wild Harry, right? No one is outside the reach of Jesus. None of the people around you are outside the wild Harrys in your life. Secondly, Jesus rules over Satan. I like this. And demons. Two kingdoms are at war in this world. And if you've placed your faith and trust in Christ, if you've invited Jesus to be your Savior and Lord, follow me here. We don't have to be afraid of demons and ghosts and Satan and devils. Not because you're all that strong. Not because we're all that much. It's because of who we belong to. Greater is he who is in us than he that's in the world. We, we have the greater one. 1 John 4 and verse 4. Every day, in your eyes, keep your arm on. Every day, Ephesians 6, stay connected to Christ. And as long as you're close to Christ, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Third conclusion and we're done. We must all make a choice about Jesus. Every one of us, we have to choose. Okay, And not to make a choice is itself a choice. Jesus is the Son of God the second person of the Trinity, the Savior of the world, 
Will you say yes? <laughs> Jesus, I believe. I open the door of my life. I receive you. That's what Wild Harry did. That's what he did. Or will you respond like the townspeople? I know who you are. I don't want you in my life. Go away. That's a choice. Jesus doesn't send anyone to hell. It's a choice. Will you accept and open the door of your life? Or will you say, no, thank you. Go away. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. It's alive. It's sharp. It's interesting. It's powerful. And uh, thank you for even giving us this wild, true story to dig into together. My prayer, first of all, if there's anybody watching online, if there's anybody here live who's never said, yes, Jesus, I believe, Jesus, I receive, if there's someone who's never opened up the door of their life by faith and invited you in, might today be the day they say yes. Jesus, I do. I believe. I receive. Come on in. Save me. I, I believe you took my place on that cross. I believe you shed your blood for my sin problem. I believe you took my place in the tomb. And I believe early Sunday morning you arose from the dead for me. Come on in. Be my king be my champion. I'm ready to have a close encounter with you. If you're here in person, make your way to the prayer corner. If you're watching online, would you hit that prayer button? We'd love to talk with you about your decision. Could be you're here today and you know Jesus but you got an area of darkness that you're battling. Could be you got an area of, of addiction. Could be you have an area of suffering, fear, depression, some sickness. Did you know Jesus still crosses oceans and seas to find you? Jesus, I need you. I need you to, to come and meet me in this dark place that I'm at. Finally, in this week ahead, I think Jesus is still asking us to go and tell. <laughs> go and tell your family. Go and tell your friends. Go tell your coworkers, your neighbors. Share with them what Jesus has done in your life. Doesn't have to be fancy. Here's what Jesus has done. Here's what I was like before, and here's what Jesus did for me. He's still doing, and he'll do the same in you. Go and tell. That's still Jesus' plan for today. Would you give us boldness and courage and strength? Give us your heart for the lost around us. We ask this all in Jesus' mighty name. Stand together.
sing to King Jesus as we close.